It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're fixing to have us a good day. This is the Locked On Auburn Podcast, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. Zach Blackerby and Painter Sharpless here with you. Hello, friend. What's up, dude? Of course, Painter hosts the lunch break on ESPN 106.7 every day from 11 to 1. He also hosts Locked On Ole Miss. If you are wondering what Lane Kiffin is up to these days, uh, we're going to talk about uh, how the coronavirus is having historic implications on March Madness and what it means for Auburn, as well as some Auburn football chatter. I'm seeing and hearing some things about a few defensive backs that I haven't given a whole lot of love to. Uh, before we get going, if you listen on iTunes, please rate and review. Uh, please give us those five stars. It doesn't matter how long the review is. It helps so much. We're going every day this offseason, and so uh, we're trying to get that momentum going uh, all year round. So we'd really appreciate it. So, Painter, yeah, I mean, uh, hi- historical implications, regardless of opinion, historical implication here that March Madness and now, uh, I guess, uh, at the time of this recording, all of the conference tournaments we played in front of uh, empty gyms and empty gyms. That's going to be a very interesting thing to watch. Fascinating, uh, I guess frustrating from an entertainment standpoint. It will be, uh, I think it's the right thing to do, though. From from that standpoint, just of like being safe and taking care of people, so getting that part out of the way, Sure. how it impacts the teams is going to be interesting, right? Like it's going to feel like a pickup game. Yeah. You're going to have... You're going to have the players and probably some staff and personnel and the refs. It's going to be pretty bare bones. Yeah, I think so. And so I had several people reach out to me and ask the question yesterday, hey, could this help Auburn? Could this help Auburn? I mean, you you talk about how Auburn struggled on the road. You talk about how, uh, you know, maybe they got impacted by crowd noise or, you know, whatever. I mean... I think the the more variables you take away, the more it comes down to just like true talent. And I think Auburn is going to be more talented than most of, most of the teams that they could potentially match up with. I'm fascinated to see the three point shooting because that's been the big weakness of the team, right? Es- especially away from home. And so, does it matter with the crowd? Because it's not just the crowd in away games. It, you know, it's the depth perception. Uh, maybe it's the type of ball that you're using, depending on where you're playing. Uh, you know, there's a number of different factors other than the crowd, but it can't be denied that that's going to change the way that you approach the game, right? Like, I would assume everything will slow down just a little bit for the players. I think so. It's just going to be bizarre to see, you know, somebody shoot a three that's kind of the dagger that allows you to win the game, and it's an exciting moment, and it's just going to feel flat. It's going to be so weird. Now, I love the sounds of basketball. The squeakiness. I love yeah, the squeaks. Yeah. I love the, you know, when the ball hits the rim. I, I I love all of that. The dribble. So I think it's gonna be cool for a few minutes, and then it's just gonna be like, gosh, I I, I kinda want more. I am curious to see what my reaction is. My thought is though, I don't care as much as I think most people do. Oh, it's yeah. gonna be different because like the crowd creates so much excitement, you know, and uh, there's no denying that that is an element. And for the players' sake, too, like this is the most fun part of the year for them. They work all year right? Um, for the games. And like you've made it, you're one of the select teams to make it into the tournament, and you want to play in front of a crowd, and there's the energy and excitement of that. So I, I kind of feel for the players, too, because yeah. it takes some of the excitement away for some guys who – 
may never have this opportunity again. Yeah. Hashtag March sadness was trending on Twitter yesterday. Um, I'm kind of with you. I think there's going to be parts of this that are interesting. I think there's going to be parts of this that we talk about for a long time. I mean, you're going to be watching uh, a historic March Madness, whether, you know, regardless of how you feel about it, it's going to be something that you remember for a long time. But uh, I don't know. I'm just looking at this with a glass half full. Like, do you think it's crazy for me to say that like, I think Auburn does benefit from this? Maybe, which is not a good answer. Okay. I I think I can see where you're going with that because it's like, well, are they going to have a, like the one thing that they don't do well? Is it going to be easier for them to do it in this environment? It's very possible. So I think if that's the case, like if they if they can shoot threes better because there's no crowd and I don't know if there's evidence to suggest that they will be able to do that, then they don't have any glaring weaknesses. And if that's going to be the case, then yes, it's going to benefit Auburn, a team that plays good defense, a team that rebounds well, a team that of late has been getting has been pushing tempo just a bit yeah. um, and really has been, I think, forcing turnovers. And, and so. The, the weakness is the three-point shooting. Right. And if that is mitigated some, Auburn is a very tough team to beat. The other good thing Auburn has going for it right now is that they are deeper than a lot of teams. We saw this last year when they were pushing tempo just a bit and more so trying to get into transition. When they're getting steals, that's when they're going with pace. But like last year, they also settle into their half-court offense. So yeah. it can be a little misleading to talk about their tempo. They're pretty middle of the road. But this is a team that a lot of people will not want to play in the tournament because of their depth. And they got really good production out of Flanagan, out of Jalen, really everybody. Like yeah. they, they played their best game against Tennessee of the season. And that included the bench players. If they get any semblance of that productivity and shoot the three at like just a 35% clip, which they have not been able to do, it's easy to envision them getting to the second weekend. And from there, it's it's a crapshoot. Right, right. Auburn will take on the winner of tonight's game between Texas A&M and Missouri. I'm not going to jump into that a whole lot because I know a lot of you guys will listen to this Mm -hmm. um, before that or after that game is played. But Auburn men's basketball, the team went up there yesterday. They got up there on Wednesday and Bruce Pearl had them up there a few days early. And one of the things they did was some uh, community service up there for uh, for Nashville. I thought that was really cool. So shout out to Bruce Pearl. I mean, and community I, engagement's a big thing. I want to make a point that this has been something, like I know that it's normal for teams on bowl trips, and I know to some extent teams do some PR work. Just it's, it's fine. It's good for the community, and it also is good for the program. It looks good. Mm-hmm. This is not a PR thing with Bruce Pearl. When they go on trips, he makes a point to take them to historic sites, they do PR stuff, sure, like they go to hospitals, and but like they're doing it so frequently that you should know that for all the complaints about Bruce Pearl, this is a part of what he has done to the program. It's true. I'm not saying there aren't other coaches out there like Pearl doing things like this. I'm just saying for all the complaints of Bruce Pearl, he's very much into making his players well-rounded people. Yeah, I, I couldn't have said it better. Absolutely. All right, so uh, coming up, Auburn baseball is going to be interesting. I'm trying to get a picture of what it's going to be in my head this weekend, so so bear with me. That's coming up right here on Locked on Auburn. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock 
deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Before we jump into that, I want to ask a favor of you guys. Um, I also want to touch on some Auburn football defensive back talk in just a moment, but I want to encourage you guys to join our community on Facebook. You can like the page, just search Locked on Auburn, and you can join our group. That group name is Locked on Auburn Chatter. A bunch of you guys uh, jumped on yesterday, so I uh, would love to see more of that. It means a ton. So Auburn baseball, Auburn softball, gymnastics, tennis, golf, Fans are, are not allowed into these events uh, the, in any SEC venue. The SEC made that announcement yesterday. So Auburn baseball, they host Texas A&M this weekend. And I've seen a ton of posts say that they're, you know, they're going to fill up the parking deck. There's going to be people sitting, uh, sitting under tents on the hill behind Plainsman Park. I'm just trying to picture what that's going to look like. A, a pretty much empty stadium with a bunch of folks kind of on the outside of it. What do you think about that? I kind of like it. I do hate it again for the players yeah. because it's like they want the excitement of playing in front of a crowd. It is kind of funny to think about like a thousand people packed in the parking deck and just cheering the team on because on some level, I guess the university could block off the parking deck from spectators going up there, but they need that parking deck for like just normal operations. So it seems right. like a real pain logistically to check to see if people are actually using it or if they're just going to watch. And, you know, I mean, they've said don't come out. So it's like at that point, that's sort of on you. Right. Like you, we've, we've canceled the games except for like family and the players. So don't show up. If you show up, well, I, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. I wonder how creative uh, people are going to get with the family. <laughs> like, are people going to say, like, they're Dangel Purifoy's, like, second cousin twice removed on his mother's <laughs> side? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, I'm curious <laughs> to see what the university does, because they're usually very proactive. They don't want to get sued, right? And yeah. so they, they want to be very cautious and make sure people are being safe and healthy. And so the the loopholes, I don't think they will find as funny as we do. Yeah, that, that's probably true. That's probably true. I think there's a little bit more on the line there. For them? For, for them, yeah, I think so. Maybe. I think so. But I, I just think it's something about Auburn people. You know, there a lot of college fan bases feel this way, but I think a lot of folks that I've talked to, you know, especially Auburn baseball people, and this would trend towards basketball if it was kind of in season, you know, and it was it was here in Auburn Arena, but there's this weird feeling of like Auburn playing a home game and it's like you want to go support them, but you just can't. It's it's a very odd, very kind of eerie feeling to it. It definitely feels dystopian. Sure. You know, we're all uh, just watching, following along on our TVs. And and uh, I know in China a few weeks ago, like just totally this derailing this, but they had and it, they had to do it. I think it was in Wuhan where all this Corona stuff started. It was like. They put large speakers out on the streets and were like, stay in your house, you know, and it's like, so it, it is eerie. There's no doubt. And, you know, we're not there yet where there are PSAs playing in the streets saying stay inside. But uh-huh. the point is that it is impacting our daily lives, uh, how we do business, how we watch and and, and take in entertainment. And it, it's in some ways in, in this perfect analysis, I'm going to give very crummy. Sure. Very crummy. I think that's fine. I think that's fine. Football chatter coming up right here on Locked On Auburn. I want to get your thoughts on some guys, both listeners and you, Painter Sharpless, right here on Locked On Auburn. So, 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. I love talking about defensive backs. I think that is one of the more fun positions for me to watch anyway, just because those guys are so freakishly athletic. And right, the way the game's evolved, there may not be a position. You you could really pick which position's hardest to play for a number of different reasons, but the conversation has to exist for that position group. I, I think so. I mean, just as far as the, the physical part of it, as far as just being able to predict where they're going, so you got to watch tape and be prepared. Um, and you can kind of kind of varies in style of play from man versus zone. But Nehemiah Pritchett is a guy that I've been high on. He is getting more and more steam uh, as far as hype goes as we are just a few days away from spring starting. Um, 6'1", 162 pounds, a sophomore. And so, you know, I, I think you kind of heard that hype here first, folks. So I kind of want to uh, just kind of point him out. But Painter, there's two other guys that I'm seeing more and more chatter about, and I want to get your thoughts on it. So first, the first one is the former running back, now turned corner, Devin Barrett. He's listed at corner, not a safety. I've said in the past that I thought he was a safety. I was wrong on that. But six foot, 195 pounds, a senior. Coaches are apparently uh, all over his ability to be physical, that physical mindset, and I think that kind of makes sense. And being a former running back, moving to the other side of the football um, I'm starting to think that he is relevant, and I didn't think he would be going into 2020, but I'm starting to back off of that. Yeah, I think he'll be in the rotation. Uh, he will be one of the more experienced players after um, having a full season to adjust as a defensive back. I think you will see his name and hear him, and quite frankly, I hope that we hear a lot of him because the guy has, by all accounts, been willing to move and adjust to do what it would take, I guess, to benefit the team. Now that obviously he wants to get on the field and the coaches are telling him, hey, this is your best path to doing that. But some players are unwilling to make that move, and he has been. Yeah, and props to him for working his tail off. I mean, you see a lot of guys throughout college football change sides of the ball. And like guys like Noig Monogany and Prince Tega Winogo, I mean, they are they're exceptions to the rule. I mean, the, most of the time when you change position, it's kind it of It feels like, like a death sentence, right? right? It's like you're a death piece at best. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, even kind of the news with Matthew Hill that we talked about a little bit yesterday, it's just like, oh, is he is he done? Is he going to transfer? You know, that, that kind of thing. So props to him for, one, sticking with the program and not transferring out. And the other, I mean, it sounds like he's working his tail off. He, he is going to get relevant reps... I think uh, I think he's going to be a two deep guy, and then if you're a top four corner in college football or any level of football, you're going to play. Whether it's when Auburn goes dime, or you're going to get relevant reps on special teams because those are kind of the perfect guys that you want on special teams because they're the ones running down the field making the tackle. So, uh, and, and I like his size. I like his size, and I think he's going to be able to hit some folks and make some wide receivers uncomfortable. So it, it makes sense. It's just the footwork is totally different. Right, I think it'll be curious to watch McCreary, who should be a starter. Yeah. In addition to Pritchett, who you mentioned, mm-hmm. Zion Puckett, and Devin Barrett. There will be some others, but I think those are four names certainly to be aware of at the defensive back position, not including the obvious of Smoke Monday and Jamie and Sherwood. Right. Who are safeties, but since we're talking about defensive backs. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, Jashawn Sheffield's another guy. But the, the other yeah, guy, yeah, I want right. to get your thoughts on 
that we're not really talking about that I'm seeing more and more good stuff about. Devin Geis, he's a smaller guy, 5'8", 162, upperclassman. I think he's actually going to get the opportunity to fight for a top four corner job. I I don't can't claim to know anything about this. Like that's I, I news don't know much to about me. him either. I, I'm just seeing his name pop up, uh, you know, a little bit more often than I expected. Well, that it gives to. us one more storyline to follow through spring practice. Like who's he running with, and uh, you know, if if it becomes evident, if those whispers grow louder, reporters will ask, and I will be curious to see if that evolves into what you're saying. And and not unlike Devin Barrett, hope that happens. Like I'm yeah. all about these guys that have stuck around. Hopefully they're ready. The The issue might be sometimes if you have not played significantly by the time you're an upperclassman, that, right. could, that could be telling. However, it's it's certainly not always the case. There are plenty of schools where guys just don't get a chance because they're really good players in front of them until their third season. Right. The thing that's interesting to me is I'm seeing more chatter about Devin Barrett and Devin Geis and really all the guys that you've mentioned so far in the defensive backfield. I'm seeing all of that over Jordan Peters. And Jordan Peters is a guy, I thought he was awesome as a freshman. He got relevant time as a freshman. Uh, you know, he he went toe-to-toe with Amari Cooper in that Iron Bowl that year. Like, he was a fun guy to watch. And you saw him a lot in dime early on in his career. And it's like Auburn kind of moved away from him. I mean, do you think he's relevant at this point? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I guess my main thought here, though, is like, if this, uh, if this defense is going to neutralize some of what they lost on the line the defensive backs that we're talking about probably have to step up just a bit I don't want to overreact about the position group because defensive backs actually didn't get enough credit I thought last season but we know the line will be good again this year like they have replaced for years Rodney Rodney Gardner and Kevin Steele have the likes of Carl Lawson and Montrevious Adams and it goes on and on and on I am curious to see what this group can do in particular and this may never go away with the defensive backs. Okay. But the way that they play in that man press, they're probably just going to keep getting penalties. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, but for the most part, like they didn't get enough credit for the yards per attempt that they gave up. They were a top 20 pass defense last year. Mm-hmm. I know that that doesn't jive with the way a lot of people feel, but this was a good secondary. And I think they will have to rely on it just a bit more because you're not going to have. You're not going to get to the quarterback as quick. Yeah, I mean, the obvious part is you don't have an elite Derrick Brown and a borderline elite Marlon Davidson. And for what it's worth, Nick Coe didn't have the season we thought he was going to have last year, but he was still available. Sure. And he was still an athletic presence. Yeah. For Auburn has pass rushers, to be fair. I, I just don't know if they have guys that can do both at the same time, can defend the run and defend the pass. Um like so how good can Big Cat be over the course of a season in stopping the run? Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. Um, like can Connus Miller and Tyron Truesdale can they can they rush the passer? Like, right. I, I don't know. And like that's sort of where I'm at is we're a few days away from spring practices. It's finally nice to feel like we we're not going to get all the answers we want and things are closed off and we will make lame jokes about how Gus Malzahn is paranoid. I can't wait. Yeah, I mean, just to be fair, Lane Kiffin is mostly making <laughs> uh, media availability wi- like wide open. Uh-huh. Uh, and you can get more of that at Locked On Ole Miss. That's right. So I guess I would just say, like, we'll get some answers this spring, and I'm I'm hopeful to find out more about the defensive line and what it is Rodney Gardner, Kevin Steele think they have because I'm. It may not be elite this year, but I think it's going to be really good. Painter, where can people find you and hear you, friend? 
semantics man really good elite 11 to 1 the lunch break join justin ferguson and me he knows what he's talking about and he'll have the answers of course that's available to you also on the espn 1067 app and if you're listening at work espnau.com don't forget about the podcast when you get done with the locked on auburn podcast we've got you covered there every day fantastic fantastic yeah the abby award-winning lunch break be sure to check that out. Thank you, Painter. You can follow me on Twitter at Z Blackaby. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Auburn. This has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn Podcast. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.